So we went today to see Captain America the Winter Soldier and a trailer played in front of it mm. that made both of us very angry. And what was that trailer? I don't know. Fart Couch. It was Fart Couch. <laughs> no. The trailer was for the new Adam Sandler film Blended with Drew Barrymore. Blended. Blended and Terry Crews. And yeah, let, me, let me tell you. That trailer played very well in our theater. Yep. People were rolling in the aisles. Really, literally rolling up and down. And I looked at you, and what did you say? You said something along the lines of, this is like my nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. I just was literally catatonic. <laughs> it's, it's... There are no words. There are no words. I think... It was like what I think I want to say. Little Nicky was that point Oof. when the Sandler film is just rolled right down hell all the mm. way, and we're into the garbage can. Into the garbage can. So and now it's digging below the garbage can. It's just scrounging, it's festering. Around. Uh, it's gross. It's got scabies. But you know what? And the rabies. Pe- the people sitting next to us, and the people sitting in front of us, and the people sitting behind us couldn't get enough. Fucking love it. All about it. All about it. Adam it's Sandler, funny because they're like, Drew they're like the kids, and there's this the bodily fluids. Yep. Yeah. He, he got hit with stuff. That was pretty funny. He got hit with stuff. That was good. That's all you need. That was great. That's great. So I can't wait for watching Adam Sandler get hit by things this fall on your d- d- anything. Ugh. I'm sorry, everyone. That's it. On with the show! Hi. Hi. Well, Hi. Welcome. What? Can we can we reset? No. No, we have to. Why? Cuz I fucked up. You you want to do the intro today? Welcome to catching up with Kevin and Seabass, your friendly neighborhood people. I'm Kevin. I'm Sebastian. Oh. I guess Seabass isn't here today. No, he's not. Mm-hmm. Hi! It's oh. me! No, thank Seabass. you. I don't like... I'm not interested in anything you are selling. Okay. Bye. Freak. Slam. Okay. So. So. Today's episode is brought to you by Polar Sodas of Springfield, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. Because when you want a soda oh my that is actually seltzer, <laughs> you can go over so there. So not soda. When you, It's refreshingly natural. Uh, Zero calories. 
You're just making this up. This is terrible. Yeah. You want to talk about what happened this week? Yeah. All right, let's get well, started. Okay, so, the big story this big week. news. Shut up. The big story this week is David Letterman. He's that guy on TV. Yes. That He's guy the- who's been on TV for too long. Ouch. I thought you were going to give me a number. No. Nope, no number. Too long. That is the number. Too long. Too much. Too long. More. Too furious. Too long, too furious. Me furious, because he's been on too long. So, he announced that he was retiring, finally, from his late night show on CBS. The late show with David Letterman. Yeah. And and it caused a big ol' uproar. Everyone's writing articles about who's gonna replace David Letterman. What's David Letterman going to do? When What's his, Jay Leno doing? <laughs> when will his show be ending? 2015. 2015 will be the end of Letterman and the yeah. start of someone else. Yeah. So first of all, are we Letterman fans? No. No. Sorry. We're not Letterman fans. His show is very stale. His comedy is very not funny. Um, I think Arguably. Letter- I think Letterman's an acquired taste, and by acquired taste, I mean... He certainly did pave the way for a lot of people, but I think he is definitely the last remaining uh, uh, old person in the in the old in the old guard in the old demographic. Well, not even in the uh, yeah, I guess yeah, he's old demographic. Mm -hmm. He is he is this he is definitely CBS's late night guy. Yes, he has been for decades now. Um, him leaving. I think is definitely that last push we need to a new era Generation. of late night television. Definitely. Yep. Younger. Oh yeah. Definitely younger skewing. skewing. Yeah, definitely skewing younger. Mm. I think that's I think that's the first question we have to ask is whether or not Letterman's replacement is gonna be trying to cater to Letterman's old audience mm. or catering to the newer generation. Well that's the thing with CBS is that their audience is old like they're not the 18 to 49 demographic mm-hmm. that people are chasing it's the 49 plus demographic that yep. cbs has on lock and they've had it for decades. literally decades and generations mm-hmm. and everything so so that's what the audience is looking for and that's what they want and that's probably just what they're gonna do they're gonna unlike- go with a conservative choice who won't offend anyone, who's just a little bit edgy, but enough where, you know, it's nice. It's unlikely that they're going to be looking for the next hot new thing. Well, no. That's not what CBS does. No. They, <laughs> they look for the thing that has been... Well-established. Well-established, and won't be unfamiliar to yeah, old folks. they have a very conservative mindset. Inte- they greenlit intelligence and ran it for a season and it was about a guy whose superpower is the internet. Yes. This is a newer concept for the older generation. He's got a It's m- very innovative. Yes. He's got a microchip in his brain. He can do all of the things that my son can do in his phone. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So there you go. Yeah. So but I do, yeah, I do think they're going to just find a new older so, who are some contenders, do you think, for the throne? Well, one of my immediate thoughts after this was that they were probably going to go for Jerry Seinfeld. That was just, that's just like a feeling that I have. 
Because he's just, he's been on a lot of late night shows and mm-hmm. he does, like he was on, wasn't he on Fallon's first show for the Tonight Show? I th- first or second. I think it was the second. Mm-hmm. But he just like did a bit, mm-hmm. like a lengthy like monologue type yeah. of thing just because it's Jerry Seinfeld, you know. He is the, he could, he is a monologue. He could do that. Yeah. So easily. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, I do agree with you. I think Seinfeld is definitely a frontrunner. Yeah. I, I haven't seen his name thrown around a lot, and I don't know why. I know. Well, because he doesn't really have experience Yeah, late-nighting. Yeah. But he's... But the people that watch the late show mm-hmm. know who Seinfeld is. They're yes, probably super familiar exactly. with him. So. Yeah. Um, other names that I've seen thrown around, uh, both Stephen Colbert and Jon Stewart which I find highly unlikely. I genuinely don't understand why Stephen Colbert would be a contender. Like, at all. Yeah. Because he's playing a character yeah, he's, on his show. He's not going to leave that character and just be Stephen Colbert right. himself. Like, I don't even know what that is. Like, what is his personality? Yeah. It's, it's untested with yeah, the audience. I know. So I don't I don't do they think he'll just be that? Yeah. Or do they even just think that he is that? <laughs> Not only that, but like remember the remember when Jon Stewart was out for a while yeah. last year and they had John Oliver hosting in the Daily Show and they said, "Oh, John right. Oliver's great, you know, if John Stewart ever wanted to leave, John Oliver would be yeah, the perfect choice definitely. to host the Daily Show." And then John Oliver left to do his own show do his on own. HBO. Right. So now well, A, The Daily Show is a multiple Emmy-winning show. There's Ten no years in a row. Him, ten years in a row. There's no, there's no reason for him to leave. Two... Unless he's just he, getting tired well, of it. He seems to be doing all right. Yeah, And yeah, even I know. if he did leave, that's an institution there. Yeah. And with John Oliver gone, I don't know if there's anyone left to run it. Nah. No. So, no. So, um... Other names, uh, what else have you seen uh, thrown around? Oh, obviously, um, we have to mention Craig Ferguson, <laughs> who, hosts, who hosts The Late Late Show. Yeah, after, Craig Ferguson. After Letterman. He's um, quirky. I think it's in his contract that he does technically inherit. The first yeah. dibs kind of thing. Yeah, but I don't know if A, he wants it, or B, if he's even the right choice. Yeah, it's not. Cause Craig, Unfortunately. I, yeah, because, I mean, even though Craig Ferguson is older, I think I've watched some episodes of The Lately Show. It's definitely a lot closer to the newer generation than the older mm, generation. It's a yeah. lot more improv Just because he more. looks older doesn't mean he skews older. Yeah, exactly. And if anything, he skews younger. Yeah. Like, way younger than uh, Letterman. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, everyone does. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Now. But, I mean, another name I saw that's next to not even close to being a thing is Chelsea Handler because number one, she's a woman yeah, and that's, that's <laughs> it wouldn't work. Unfortunately, I, I mean, I think we're ready for women, anything, but if there's any network that's not ready for oh, someone as yeah. quote unquote edgy yeah. as a female late night host, it's definitely CBS. They did try with Katie Couric to do the nightly news and that completely bombed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, more reason to them for them to think women can't do anything yeah. <laughs> on host anything or whatever. I know, and I, but plus she's too mean and she's irreverent uh, she, she's anyway. Way too edgy yeah. for uh, CBS. Yeah, and there's no way that she would neuter herself 
to pander to the audience. No, not at all. That's not who Chelsea Handler is. I right. mean, she's proven that time and again. Mm-hmm. So, but honestly, I think it's a really open game mm-hmm. in terms of uh, who's going to take that spot. Yeah. I remember, you remember the uh, late night arc on Louis. Yeah. Uh, uh, last season. Yep. And you know, do you remember how that ended? Yeah. Wasn't it they were just like negotiating with Letterman, basically? Yeah. Or something like that. Something like that, but who the other person that threw their hat in the ring was a, a it was a big plot point, a cliffhanger ending was that Chris Rock. Do you think Chris Rock is likely oh. to actually vie for that seat, or is that just a Louis fictitious? No, nah, he's again, he's too. I think he's too edgy. Yeah. I think it's I. I you need think someone who's a company man. Yeah. I think that might be pretty difficult, honestly, nowadays, because a lot of people are edgy. A lot of people yeah. are hip and cool. Yeah. It's going to be that's harder true. to find somebody that's going to skew older as opposed to younger. That's why so. I think it's going to be Seinfeld. Yeah. Well, you heard it here first. Mm-hmm. Then put, I'm going to put my money down with you. Yeah. Um, Seinfeld being the guy to host the Late Show. Late Show year. with Jerry Seinfeld. Late Show. Sounds right. Yeah. Late Show with Jerry Seinfeld. I mean... Rolls off the tongue. Yep. There you go. And is that gonna be uh if if it does happen, do you think it'll be a force to be reckoned with? Versus Fallon? Versus the Fallons and, and the Kimmel. Kimmel. It's gonna get the old people to watch it. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't th- I don't think the younger generation's gonna I, I can't imagine the younger generation moving off of Fallon, moving off of Kimmel to go to Seinfeld. I think they'd be more likely to, yeah. but not, not, not in as, the way CBS would want. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, like, is is the Late Show really an institution in the same way that like the Tonight Show is? Not particularly. Because it's always just been Letterman's show. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also it's been his show for thirty years. So it is kind of a big deal. So it's become this thing now mm-hmm. even though he never has like any <laughs> moments he's had of like a handful of moments but i mean it's not anything right spectacular i don't know i don't know well best of luck to you david letterman yeah in your last year of being on television what if it's jay leno <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'm not, that's another name that I saw being yeah. thrown around a lot. No, not not Jay Leno, Conan O'Brien. Oh, right. Which seems yeah, I don't. It could be. It I could know. be. I don't. Would he want that? CBS. But but I don't know. I don't think Conan O'Brien skews older. No. No, he would be. Well, that's I, why... A lot of people would be so confused if it was suddenly Conan O'Brien. Yeah. They'd be uh, my my my, my, my grandmother would turn on and be like. Who's the orange fella? Who's <laughs> the little leprechaun? <laughs> He's not little. Who's, I know. The, who's the big old leprechaun yeah. on my TV? Yeah. And turn it off and go to sleep. Yeah. Seinfeld. 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 He's safe. Okay. So that's established. Yep. It's going to be Seinfeld. All right. We'll call, call it. It's done. done. Boom. Boom. Right. Um, one yeah. other little thing that I think we should touch upon while we are here is um, this week. One of my favorite magazines, one of my favorite publications to read, Entertainment Weekly. Mm, and mine too, yes. Laid off a 
fair portion of their writing staff. Yeah, including and like established mm-hmm. writing staff, including one of its I want one of its original critics. He's. I mean, he's been he's been there for a while. Yeah, Owen Gleiberman. Mm-hmm. Who, I mean, I'm not worried about him. He'll be employed in of a heartbeat course. because he's been around forever. He's yeah. a big name. Yeah. But I think this speaks to a larger problem. Not only in Entertainment Weekly, but in just in media journalism in mm-hmm. general. Because in favor of these paying positions, Entertainment Weekly has recently opened up the floodgates to bloggers. bloggers saying that if you want to write, they, they're opening up a community uh, space to aggregate articles from. If you want to write an article for Entertainment Weekly... You just write one. You can do it. Anybody can do it. Anybody can write about anything they want. It's all right here for you on Entertainment Weekly. Isn't there like a process to go through, I mean, though? Yeah, there's a process okay. and stuff like that. But and the point is that now you, too, have the opportunity to write for Entertainment Weekly, yeah. one of the nation's leading Prestige. publications. Yes. But you don't get paid. No, no, no. Of course it's not. It's basically an unpaid internship. Yeah. But you do what you do get. Mm-hmm. In exchange for your writing, you get prestige. Hell you yeah. You get prestige. The prestige of having written in Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. You get pre- you you can hand in your prestige points for a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Or a mug. Oh, a, I want that EW nice, mug. A nice throw, throw pillow. Oof. I could use one of those. Yeah. I think we can both agree that this is a joke. This is a terrible business move. Period. Period. Um, because I think they're losing. I feel like they were already losing some of their... Cred? Yeah. And now it's just people are canceling subscriptions and mm-hmm. calling calling them out in every single article they write now. I know I'm dropping my subscription. I'm going to pick up Vanity Fair, which has nice articles written by smart people that I enjoy. And a company that treats their writers with respect yeah. and integrity. Yeah. On like they've seen they've obviously seen how like the BuzzFeeds and the Upworthies and things like that. People <sighs> want to read smart, involved articles, they want to read little blurbs and about I, things. Yeah, like and gifts a gif and of Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Gifts of Benedict Cumberbatch. That all that's all people want nowadays. Yeah. And, and that's what journalism has become. Journal- Entertainment, at least. Journalism is now gifts. Mm-hmm. Because that's proven to be what people share on Facebook. It's what people like. On Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's, it's videos of soldiers coming home and people running through fields. And look at this one-legged kid dance. But, I mean, that's all it is. It's not, it's not anything involved. And Entertainment Weekly has basically said, let's just give them what they want. <laughs> so they yeah. dump their staff mm-hmm. and say, if you want to write a blurb for Entertainment Weekly, go right ahead. It's, <laughs> I mean, like, the thing that I see a lot is that, like, you can't pay your rent with prestige. You can't right. go out and get groceries with prestige. Mm-hmm. Prestige doesn't mean shit. People, like, want to work. Right. And they want to get paid for their get work. Get something for what they've done. Yeah. But. you. I mean, like, if they, 
kept the community section thing and kept their paid mm-hmm. staff writers too, right, right. I could say, okay, it's kind of tacky, but it's fine. Yeah, they're experimenting, whatever. But by dumping their staff, and not all the staff, but dumping a, a, a chunk of their staff. And good staff good too. Staff. Proven, you know, yeah. people they people recognize and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and everything. Real. That have, they have like relationships yeah. with these writers. Mm-hmm. And just going with Whoever anonymous writing bloggers. a thing about Batman. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's disheartening. Mm-hmm. This is a business that it's I. Upsetting. It's a business that I kind of wanted to get into, but like it seems more and more these days that it it's not only difficult, but almost like a waste of time. <laughs> I don't know, cause I mean, well, I'm in it. Yeah, I'm in the business. Yeah, and luckily I'm part of a company that's smaller Mm -hmm. so you don't have to deal with this kind of stuff right all the business and bureaucratic decisions Mm because we're constantly building yeah and we're adding (laughs) we're not you you you, we haven't reached our peak you you managed to get lucky enough to come into a growing company right which is and that has upward growth Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so you're in a, you're in a good spot, and I do feel bad for the places that are just laying off great mm. writers left and right. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's upsetting. It's a bummer. It's hard out there. Yeah, and it doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> it's a it's a hard out. It's hard out there for great writers that I'm seeing just get laid off, and it's a slap in the face when you ask people to just write for free. Mm-hmm. It's just disrespectful. I, I don't think. Know. I hope this stuff. I hope it turns around. I don't know if it will, but I hope it does. Yeah, I just think it really backfired for them. Yeah, this is... Once the news got out. I don't think this will go well. Do you think they'll backtrack? (laughs) Well, how would they do that? Hire people back? You think they would cut back? No, they probably will not. After all this? Yeah. They've showed how little they care about them. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Even, like, Annie Barrett. I don't know if you've read her stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. But she does a lot of reality TV recaps. Yeah. You know, she has her own, like, unique style. But she's been writing for them for eight years. Did they sack her, too? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. What? They just laid her off. That's and that it. was it. Ugh. Just, like, eight years of established Eight years, yep. and everything. Just. Doesn't matter. Gone. Whatever. We don't. We don't want to pay you. Essentially, yeah, that's what they're saying. Hey, we can get this guy, right? We can get this this sophomore to mm-hmm. write our write our recaps for right. us. He's not as good of a writer. He hey. doesn't really know what's going on, but he's working for free. So that's business. <sighs> business. Business. <laughs> business. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Do we want to move on into our feature review for the day? Do we have anything else? I don't believe that we do. I think we covered everything that I had remembered to scratch down on this little piece of paper I like to call my iDevice. So now right. let's talk about this week's big, 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 big release. Uh, the first of two Marvel movies coming out this year. Yes. Captain America. Colon. The Winter Soldier. Parentheses. 
Teehee. Teehee. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, starring the likes of Chris Evans. Chris Evans returns as Captain America slash Steve Rogers. Samuel Jackson returns yet again as director Nicholas Fury. Nicholas J. Fury, director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Thank you. Scarlett Johansson as the deadly Black Widow. Ooh. And introducing Anthony Mackie. Gary Shan... Oh. <laughs> Anthony Mackie. <laughs> okay. As the Falcon. Right. Alexander Pierce. Played by Robert Redford. Oh, okay. Right. Yes. Um, and most importantly, of all, mm-hmm. the wonderful, gorgeous, yep. incredibly talented star of the entire film, Kobe Smulders. Smulders. <laughs> Boom. She, goddamn, you know. Lights up my life. All of our lives. All of our lives. So- she is the heart of the Marvel Cinematic universe. Loki? Whoever. Eat your heart out. Coulson? Who? <laughs> Maria Hill, as played mm. by Colby Smulders. Most important part. I think so. You couldn't have it without her. She's the, the piece, you know? Yeah. Completes the puzzle. You know what this movie is without Colby Smulders? It's, it's the fucking Adam Sandler, whatever. No, it's not that bad. Nothing oh, is okay. that bad. Well, fine, but... <laughs> What is it then? It's it's a it's an okay movie. Yeah, but but you but you put Coldy Soldiers on you, you get you get a great movie, fun, fantastic, good time, good time movie with time. your family, I guess. With your friends, I don't know. It's your pretty family. violent, but don't. There's a lot of death. Yeah, there is. Okay, and that's one thing I wanted talk about okay. a little bit later. Yeah, we can talk. But, uh, we can talk about that. <laughs> it's just so, a little thing that's on my mind. Directed by the uh, Russo brothers, mm-hmm. who are most famous as directors on NBC's Community. Um, I'd say they're more famous for Arrested Development. I would argue that. I would argue back. The Modern Warfare episode of Community is arguably Community's most famous episode. It is sure. the one that people show... When they want to say, look at this crazy show, I still think it is in their top three episodes. And it proves that they had a finesse for action directing way back yeah, then. Yeah, that's true. And obviously, their talents on television transferred very easily onto the screen. Yeah. I mean, like, I only make, I only make the Modern Warfare thing because, yes, they did direct many episodes of Arsa Development, but there wasn't any action in there. I know, but that's not what you asked. Okay. You said noteworthy. Okay. Well, noteworthy in the case of action. Upworthy. Upworthy. <laughs> yeah, they did good. I think they're great directors. Yeah. I think they they nailed this. Have they done feature films? This is their first feature film. This is their debut. This is their How debut. How did they manage that? <laughs> good lord. That's pretty awesome. Because Marvel has a history of hiring... Uh, no, you know what? That's a lie. What? Um, they were also the directors of Yumi and Dupree. <laughs> I wish you hadn't told me that. That's upsetting. So, this is their first feature film. Yes, let's go with that timeline. Yep. And they did great. 
They did very impressively. The action scenes were... Astounding. Good, and not actually impossible to follow. No. Which is a problem with 90% of action movies, Mm -hmm. for me at least. Do we want to preface this? Because I don't think we discussed it in the last episode, maybe because it wasn't as relevant. But let's preface this with the fact that you're not as big of an action... I don't like action movies. Kevin, I'm just going to put it out Kevin there. Jacobson is not a fan of action movies. Yeah. I think it's one of the least interesting genres. Kevin Jacobson is a fan of understated dramas and indie films. I like subtlety. Okay. Okay. Give him <laughs> Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly crying in a room All for some reason. All I want reason. is for her to be just Jennifer Connelly on a dock looking out into the ocean. Yeah. So, obviously, <laughs> when you say, hey, Kevin, yeah. you want to go see Captain America with the helicarriers and the motorcycles mm, and the bang-bang and the boom-boom, mm. he's kind of like, all right, let's uh, see how it goes. Yeah. So, Kevin, mm. what did you think of Captain America, colon, the Winter Soldier? I thought it was one of the best Marvel movies and also a good movie on its own merits. One of the best blockbusters I've seen maybe since, well, I mean, I guess the Avengers, but I was going to say the Dark Knight, because I think that's what mm. it does for the Captain America franchise. Bold statement. make it more interesting, (laughs) and I don't know, it's just the way they presented everything. What did you think of Captain America, the first Avenger? Well, I actually did like Captain America, the first Avenger, probably more than a lot of people, because there wasn't that much action. Because <laughs> of the, you know, like, the whole first half of it is just basically like a period piece, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And he's, it's Captain America singing about buying war bonds and yeah. everything. Yeah. I'm like, this is great. But, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I'm <famous>. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but that was just, yeah. But, uh, I mean, it was... Kind of forgettable, in my mind. Mm-hmm. I liked the first Avenger. I think it was good. I thought I like it more than Thor. I like it maybe yeah. about as much as the first Iron Man. Maybe a little bit less, give or take. But I think it's good. Um, the Winter Soldier blows the first Avenger out of the water. Yeah, and that's I think, what I mean. And I heard so much hype for this film. The the Mm -hmm. hype for this film was through the roof. And a lot of people were saying, it's better than The Avengers. It's better than The Avengers. It's the best Marvel movie, period. And you know what? Just might be. It might be. Yeah. Um, I think it is legitimately, no hyperbole, as good, maybe even better than The Avengers. Yeah. Because I think... The Winter Soldier is really the full package. Mm-hmm. I think you have definitely a lot of really great stuff in here. Um, like we said, the the choreography, the the action, very is, well choreographed. Yes, the, the uh, set pieces here are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, the acting here is actually really good. It is. Yeah. Um, definitely. The characters well that cast, are oh yeah, definitely well cast. The people coming back do a great job. Mm. They really settle into their roles. You really, cause this like, was my favorite Scarlett Johansson. Yes, I agree. As Black Widow performance. I, think, I actually think Scarlett Johansson is the standout here. Yeah, well, I think she was maybe, my, yeah. She was my favorite performer here. She was... 
you know, you, you make a big deal out of the Captain Americas and the Thors and the Iron Mans. Of course. But I think Black Widow might be the, like, most developed Avenger. <laughs> Which yeah. is weird, because she it hasn't is. even had her own movie yet. Right. But her evolution from Iron Man 2 to mm. now... Oh, God, yeah. So much has happened. Yeah. And Scarlett Johansson gives a great performance here. Mm -hmm. uh, the Anthony, uh, Anthony Mackie. Yeah. As the Falcon. I... It works very well. I mm -hmm. want to see more of him. Definitely. I was going to say, that's a type of role that, for a lesser actor, that would have been a really forgettable uh -huh. type of role and performance and everything. Yeah. But he just has some sort of, like, natural charisma that sort of fits mm -hmm. within the Marvel Universe. Because yeah. it is a very specific tone mm -hmm. that they go for. Mm-hmm. That somehow just sort of works with every movie, despite it being different directors, mm -hmm. even different genres. Because yeah. I think, yeah, you've got the you've got the fantasy films with Thor. You've got like the kind of science fictiony. Mm -hmm. This is definitely Marvel's political thriller. Yeah, and it works very yeah. well. I think but, that's why I liked it yeah. too. But I mean, coming back to Mackie, uh, mm -hmm. his chemistry with Chris Evans is yeah. great. They it's like right away. Oh yeah, they come off uh, like they're very obviously best friends. <laughs> like from from like minute one yeah. on screen. Yeah, and I I really want to see more of them together. I Definitely. think. Definitely. That'd be fun. Yeah, he could have easily very well just have been the black sidekick because you know that happens a lot. It really but, does. But. Anthony Mackie is the Falcon. Mm -hmm. He has a lot of great action scenes. He shows that he can hold his own. Yeah. And I'm glad that he's entered the Marvel Universe. Definitely. That's good. It's good to have him around. And he has that good little humor oh, yeah. twist. Oh, yeah. Cause that they have a lot in Marvel. It's another one of those cases where it's like, you know, he doesn't have super strength. He's not super smart. Doesn't yeah. have any of that stuff. He's... He's just a dude. He's a dude like anybody else. You yeah. know, he's got training and he's got a pair of super-powered uh, exo-wings. And he just runs a little bit slower than Captain America. Runs, he's a little bit just slower little than bit Captain slower. America, but you know what? He holds Yeah. He holds up. Mm -hmm. Robert Redford. Wow. First of all, when the Marvel Universe first started, if you had told me that Robert Redford would Seriously. have a starring role... In a Marvel movie, I would have said, "That's a lie." No way, Jose. Mm -hmm. Why would Robert Redford be doing a superhero movie? That's crazy. I know, but lo and behold, here he is as Alexander Pierce, the secretary of. I never knew what. I don't think they said he's a secretary of something. He's an important guy. He's an important person in Shield. Important political figure. Yes. Yes. And he is. He is the one who says. Who tries to guide Captain? Guide Captain. <laughs> tries to what? He is the one who tries to guide Captain America through this new modern world and informs him that the times have changed since the war. <laughs> yes. So. It's 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 another one of those cases, like to be honest, where it's like, hello, I'm Alexander Pierce, and I'm obviously not the villain. <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> not. Yes, I but know. He does good. Yeah. Definitely um, great, great casting mm -hmm. for that. Perfect choice. Considering his past. Mm -hmm. As, you know, because he was either one of Woodward or Burstein in All the President's Men. Mm -hmm. And he has this big sort of 70s political thriller past. He's so always cool been to, the hero. 
that's true. Yeah. But I'm like oh. political thriller. Oh yeah. You know, it's interesting. This is the genre that he's he, familiar with. Yeah, and it's fun to see him adapt to that this mm-hmm. this world. Oh yeah. He does a good job as always. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, one more here, and then do we want to do like spoilers? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We can do that. All right. Later. Um, Samuel Jackson is here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do a Nick Fury again, and I want to say, good Nick Fury. I mean, yeah. Sam Samuel Jackson has he's always been doing himself. Have you ever noticed how? Um, I think, I don't know if it's just him being him or if people really like Nick Fury, but almost all of his lines that we saw in the theater, you get laughs and claps. Yeah. People. People love him. If you need a one-liner, oh yeah, you go right to Sam Jackson and they eat it up. Well, he's great. He's great. That line deliveries. He is anything. I think he's he is the guy to go to mm-hmm. for a line delivery, and he does it well here as well as bringing a lot of pathos to a role that has previously been, if not un- un- undeveloped, then at least underdeveloped. I would say one note, but okay. Yes, <laughs> to a one-note role mm-hmm. that has more or less just been. Hey, you want to join the Avengers? Hey, you want to join the Avengers? <laughs> cool. Cool, let's join the Avengers. And here, he gets a plot and a natural yeah. storyline. Obviously, this would be considered his best as well. Mm-hmm. You know? I think, and, oh, we're actually leaving somebody out who's also very important. Who? Chris Evans, the star of Captain America, the Winter uh, Soldier. Yes. Him. Once again, uh, this is his best outing, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Uh... Steve Rogers is really developed a lot here. Mm-hmm. We only get a taste of Very compelling of uh, like what his post unfreezing life has been like yeah. in the Avengers, and here we get it in full. Mm-hmm. We see that he's uh, he he's he's uncomfortable with the modern world. He's uncomfortable with the very way things so. are run nowadays, and this is a very. Some people have called it too on the nose, but I think it fits just the right amount talking about. Oh, the surveillance and the government's doing this and the government's doing that. Yeah. And I think it's it uh it's always this is a kind of thing that's been done a lot in comics, but I think this might be maybe the best version of it that Captain America has always stood for a specific kind of America. He stands for the World War 2 America with the rah rah and the patriotism. The patriotism and freedom. Yeah. It's the most important thing. And that's been lost. That's No, that's certainly been lost. It's the kind of thing yeah, that we're, nowadays. We're, yeah. we're scrambling to find. Definitely. We're trying to balance things out. And, and there's so much paranoia. Oh, yeah. That it sort of clouds everything. Mm-hmm. The, the, the NSAs and the Congress and whatnot. And I think this, this Marvel movie deals with it head on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes it definitely stand out. Definitely. From all of the other Marvel movies is that... It has real application today. Mm-hmm. It's not just in a like an escapist sort of, you know, Thor and Loki and yeah. <laughs> on whatever planet. Uh, yeah. This is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And it's saying, how does Captain America res- uh, respond to today? Yeah. And he doesn't take this shit. Right. He's not taking it. He's not dealing with it. This yeah. isn't what... That's good. This is not what he signed up for. This is not my America, Captain America. This is not my um, Captain America. <laughs> no, but it is. It's our Captain America. Right. And... 
I mean, we can get into spoilers a little bit about how the rest of that right. plot unfolds. Mm-hmm. But I think the Captain America that we see in Avengers 2 is going to be very different from the Captain America that we saw in Avengers 1. Certainly, because he has here, changed from this, this. Oh, yeah. He is much more wary, but he's also much more committed mm-hmm. to the ideals that he has, to what he believes America can be. Yeah. Idealistic. Yeah. And I think that's good. I'm glad that he sticks by his morals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Someone has to. Someone has to, and it's going to be him. He, he, is, he is the he's the hero that we need. A lot of people find him a little bit boring because he's a bit of a Boy Scout and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely could see that complaint coming from uh, uh, the first Avenger. But here, I think he's... Earned. He's earned it. Yeah. He's earned his his status Mm -hmm. as a... Cool guy. He's a cool guy. (laughs) He is is a cool guy. He's a cool guy. I think he's cool to like now. Mm -hmm. You know. One more person we have to talk about before we jump into spoilers, if you want to jump into spoilers. Kobe Smulders. Again. Well, all we said was that she was amazing. Well, yeah. She is She is in here. She is in this movie. She plays a part. She does. And you know what? She has lines. One of the good guys. Yes. You know, the, the, the government's out to get you. This has got cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're gonna shoot you dead. But yep. you know who is going to stick by you all the time? Robin. Robin from <laughs> How I Met Your Mother. Correct. Nope, sticking sticking with the good guys. Yep, always. And for that reason, I give this movie A plus plus. For plus, that plus. reason, plus plus plus. A plus 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 mm-hmm. plus. Forever. Yep. <laughs> Forever and ever the end. Amen. I want to talk about something. Okay. Uh, yes. Before we get into spoilers. Okay. This universe is. I feel like it's really scary to be in this universe because. There are cities being demolished all the time. There's gunfire out in the open in the middle of a highway. Every day. Every day. Why isn't everyone just, like, sitting in their bathtub in their house? (laughs) Afraid that someone's going to get them. You know why? Why? Because they know that out there, there's Captain America, and Iron Man, and Thor, and Black Widow, and I guess Hawkeye. Fine. <laughs> watching their backs, and keeping the world safe from the bigger things. The smaller things yeah, still happen. Yeah, but there's so much violence So still. much collateral damage. Yeah. There was a surprise... Who surpri- watches the Watchmen? Ooh. There was a surprise... <laughs> there was... I saw a guy get kicked into a turbine today. That was nuts. Yeah, well. Yeah. That's just how it is, apparently. That's, that's how it is in the Marvel Universe. Don't work for any sort of... Company. Don't, don't work for any sort of policing or intelligence agency uh, or military organization. Yeah. Because you will most likely be attacked. I would say inevitably attacked. Inevitably attacked by yeah. somebody at some point. Mm-hmm. Perhaps even your friend you thought was a friend. The civilian casualties in this movie are high. Staggering. Staggering. <laughs> yeah. That's just something that's been 
on my mind when I watch these Marvel movies. Well, I and I guess any real, like, superhero. superhero movies in general. Because, I mean, obviously there was the whole Man of Steel thing. Yeah. Which was pretty atrocious. Yeah. Where it's like, Lois Lane and uh and Superman are just, like, hugging it, kissing it out. It's like, yay, we did it. And you look, it's just like a crater. <laughs> That's why they should have just panned out. And just, you <laughs> see all of the black smoke and destruction. Yeah. But, what are you going to do? You live and you learn. You live and you learn. Okay. Violence. Do we want to uh, move on over? Yeah. Okay, so this is the spoiler section. If you have not yet seen Captain America, colon, the Winter Soldier, please stop the tape. Stop the tape. Stop the tape. This is your final warning. Okay. Okay. Spoiler time. Spoiler time. Um, Everyone dies. Okay, so, yes, that's true. That is how the movie ends. Everyone it's, very, dies. it's very unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> for the first time in a long time, because I've been trying really hard to keep away from spoilers. I Good. used to be a huge spoiler junkie. I came into this that's bad. not really knowing too much. I was fully expecting it to be like Robert Redford, and then it takes off his head like Scooby and was like, You made the Red Skull! Blah, 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 blah. The I what? Thought I, you remember the Red Skull from the first Avenger? No. The guy with the red head. He, 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 oh, ew, yeah. yeah. I was expecting him <laughs> to show up here. Didn't show up. Oh, yeah. Well, that's fine. The surprise uh, secondary, maybe even primary villain of this movie is Arnim Zola, which is, which is you know what? Good for him Who? for getting some credit. Arnim Zola is one of the original Hydra people. Uh, in the comics, like, you know, he's a, remember the, the guy that was like, he was in the computer? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. oh, Zola. Yeah. Yeah. So he in the he Toby Jones. Toby Jones. Thank you. Coming back yes. for the sequel. Surprise! Yeah, surprise. Yeah, I know what you mean. Sorry. And the original comic books. What ends up happening is that he does transfer himself into like a computer, but instead of it being like a big computer thing, like it is in the movie, he gets a robot body, and his head oh. is like. In, like, a thing in his chest. That's gross. It's really silly. Well, not yeah. his head, but at least, like, his face. It's like, so he has, like, a robot body. It's really silly. Yeah. It's really Probably silly. wouldn't translate well. It wouldn't translate well. This works out very well. I think it's a surprising reveal. I didn't expect it at all. I didn't know what was going to happen. And when he showed up, I was like, whoa, this was a really good idea. <laughs> yeah, I and, remember and, you said that. Yeah. <laughs> um... And it's 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 a good reveal, and it's a good it's a good villain, and he reveals the the second the big surprise of the film is that Hydra has been infiltrating Shield and the government mm-hmm. this whole time for years. They, they've got sleeper cells, yeah, stirring up trouble and war Everywhere. and assassinations for the past fifty, sixty years. Yep. For generations, Hydra has been taking over. Yeah. So, and of course, the big reveal. Well, two big reveals. Reveal number one. There's a one. lot of reveals in this movie. A lot of reveals. Things I wasn't expecting. Which is cool. Reveal number one is that uh, Robert Redford is, of course, the, the, worst. the, the head <laughs> of the Hydra. Hydra cell that's in S.H.I.E.L.D. He's yeah. the guy that's up at the top mm-hmm. that uh, wants to activate these new helicarriers that would just kill millions of people. Yeah. Yeah. In the name of... Hydra. Keeping order... Keeping order, well, or however, the new world order. New world order. Hashtag Illuminati. Ooh. That's what I thought. 
Revelation number two. <gasps> yeah. Larry Sanders is part of Hydra. Gary Shandling. Shit. Same well, thing. Same guy. Yeah. Technically speaking. Yeah. But Gary Shandling is part of Hydra. Who knew? You know? I... I... Set told you in the car on the drive back that seeing Gary Shandling say Hail Hydra is one of my top five favorite Marvel moments. Film moments. Ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, another fun cameo. Uh, Danny Pudi. Because, you know, the Russo brothers' big relation with the community. So, of you know course. what? Why not throw... Yeah. They give him multiple lines. They He's do. on screen yeah. for at least a couple minutes. Yeah. So, great. Good. You know what? Good Good on cool. you, Danny Pudi, for yeah, getting into a, uh, into a Marvel film. Mm-hmm. That, was a, that was fun and exciting. It was. Um, I don't know how many people recognized him, but... <laughs> community's ratings are bad, so probably not too many. Like, all I heard was the guy behind us. was like, is that Danny Pudi? Yeah, I guess. And that was it. <laughs> that was it. But, but I like the show, and I'm glad that he's here. Exciting to have yeah. him here. Um, I suppose we should spend some time... I don't even know if this is even spoiler-worthy, because a lot of people probably... Well, no, they don't. So it is spoiler-worthy to say... Obviously, the title of this film is Captain America, the colon, Winter The Winter Soldier. Yes. So, and The Winter Soldier is played by Sebastian Stan, who played yes. Bucky Barnes Bucky in Barnes. The First Avenger. Pepper Potts. The Pepper Potts. <laughs> oh, my God. If Gwyneth Paltrow was in this movie, I would just be like, Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts. Back. Becky Barnes. All right. Ayo. Alliterative names. Yes. Go, anyway. Keep going. Um, the, uh... For for the longest time, Buc- Bucky Bu- Bucky died, back in the comics, and there was this unwritten rule for the longest time, uh, that there are three people that you don't bring back in comics. Disappeared. There are three people you don't bring back in comics. The first one yeah. is Jason Todd, who was crowbarred by the Joker, uh, back in the eighties, and did end up coming back to life through some weird retcon stuff in the 2000s. The second is Uncle Ben, because Uncle Ben is the reason that Peter Parker decides to gain responsibility and do the Spider-Man thing. That's right. The third thing is Bucky Barnes, because Bucky Barnes was Captain America's best friend. Mm -hmm. He's not only his sidekick, but he's like a brother to him. And, you know, he's he's been around, sticking around till the end. Yeah. You know? Yep. And in the uh, early 2000s, uh, comic writer Ed Brubaker brought back Bucky Barnes, mm. said, uh, explained that he had survived the fall, was captured by Hydra, and was experimented on and made into their own A monster, their own personal kill monkey, right? The Winter Soldier. He has a titanium arm. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what's titanium. It's some sort of fancy metal arm, right? And he's got. Super skills, he's super strong, he's super fast, and his mission... Sort of like Captain America. Sort of like Captain America. Mirror. Whoa. Double-edged sword. Ooh. That's not the right metaphor, but yes. But... Very similar stories, backgrounds. Mm-hmm. One is good, one is evil. Mm-hmm. Kind of standard type of trope there, but... Yeah, I mean, not only that, but it's that, it's that, it's the classic, you know... Your best, your best friend. You gotta fight. You gotta fight your friend. Yeah. You gotta fight your friend, and that's. I think that struggle works out very well here. Yeah. I think Sebastian Stan is good in this role. He doesn't. He definitely has very the good. physicality, and it's. 
I think for in some parts it is Bucky's movie. Just as much as it is, well, not just as much, but a fair amount, as well as it is Captain America's, because it's, it's, it's his story of, well, okay. I don't know about that. All right. Well, he's trying to figure out what he's doing. I was going to say that he's sort of underdeveloped. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. Okay, he's Maybe basically... Maybe I was looking at it differently. He's, he's basically there for the action scenes. He gets one or two scenes of development. Yeah. But he is signed on... Sebastian Stan is signed on for several more films. So, yeah. The Winter Soldier will be back. The Winter Soldier is around in the comics. Mm-hmm. He's he's an ally. He's one of those... Because, obviously... Because, uh, spoiler section, I'll talk about whatever I want. Oh. oh. I mean, uh, Winter, Soldier's around, Winter Soldier is an uneasy ally. Because, you know, he did spend decades being controlled by hydra so he's obviously not gonna be bucky barnes anymore but right he is a force for good and the fact that he does save captain america Mm -hmm. at the end of the film shows that he's 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 gonna be sticking around he's gonna be that mysterious yeah figure in the shadows don't quite know if you can trust him all the way yeah but he's at least someone to have on your side for now Mm mm-hmm for now bum 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 look out for he's gonna kill him in the end <sighs> he's captain gonna... america's gonna die captain america so Ugh. i'm just spoiling it you know Oof. for the movie that airs in 2030 mm-hmm. <laughs> or however long and marvel intends on marvel has their films planned out until 2028 I so saw that. that's why i said that yep and uh in 10 years we'll come back <laughs> see if uh winter soldier is still hanging around yeah yeah, but no, he's good in this movie. He uh, he's, he has a good brooding presence. He's con- he's a good threat. He's constantly a threat. Yeah, I think it's hard for Marvel films to have uh, good villains. Yeah, Marvel is not great at good villains. Um, other yeah, than they're Lo- really not. Other than Loki, I mean, like what Jeff Bridges, <laughs> Jeff Bridges and Mickey Iron Rourke, Man 2. Mickey Rourke and Iron Man Two. Oh Jesus, the villain of uh. Thor 2, who is, like, so whatever. Oh, yeah, the, I barely the, even remember. Yeah. I think this is one of their more successful attempts at a, you know, a villain. Easily. Because he's, you when, you when you see him on screen, you're like, shit's gonna go down. Yeah. He's actually a threat. He mm-hmm. actually, he, he, is, he is the hero killer here. Mm-hmm. For sure. Or at least a hero almost killer. That's part of what makes the movie successful, mm-hmm. is that it, the fact that it seems so evenly matched. Mm-hmm. It's not just, oh, this is Thor, a god. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this mm-hmm. is two evenly matched people who have very similar stories, and you know. Yeah. And when the fascinating c- conflict. Oh yeah, fascinating conflict. Um, what else is there to touch upon here? Oh, in terms of the movie itself, is there anything else that we want to touch upon? What does that mean? Because I, I also want to talk about the typical post-credits sequence. Oh, let's... Well, hold on. Yeah. Um, well, I think there's a, a fun little uh, rapport that Captain America and Black Widow have. Oh, yeah. That's really interesting and underlying sexual tension. Underlying sexual tension. That's pretty cool. 
It's, it's, which I think is interesting, also a little weird, because I don't think much of that exists in the comics. It's usually been Black Widow and Hawkeye, but I mean, the, the, they're taking uh, liberties. Yeah. They're taking liberties, whatever, comics, you can do whatever the hell you want yeah. when it's fiction. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. There's no rules. Right. But yeah, the chemistry between Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson works very well here. I was getting hot. So... It was, it was a great job. Don't just leave me like that. <laughs> it was a Good great, lord. <laughs> it was a great... They work well together. I mm -hmm. think Chris... I, We've, we've talked a lot about, you know, this person has good chemistry, this person has good chemistry, but I think the the rock here is definitely Chris Evans. Mm -hmm. He works well with everyone he's on screen yeah. with. He has that charisma, and he ha you can see the optimism, mm -hmm. like, in his eyes yeah. and the way he holds But it's himself. not, like, goofy. It's not goofy. It's not corny. It's not like, here I come, saving the day. Right. It's the optimism of somebody who says, like, I see, the world is... For what it is. It's harsh, mm -hmm. and there's people are lying right. to me. It's and confusing. He realizes that, but that doesn't mean I'm gonna back down. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean I'm gonna give up. It just means that I have to fight hard, and this is his hardest fight ever. And he comes Certainly. out successful, but it's not without a few casualties. Of course, yeah. Um, <laughs> this this movie does change the Marvel universe, not in the way that you would think. Not in like a big like universe altering way, but Shield. There's a lot of things that are different at the end of this movie. Um, yes, true. Nick Fury. I don't know what's gonna happen to Nick Fury because it it was shown basically at the end of the movie that he's done. <laughs> he's done. Girl by girl by. Yes. Samuel Jackson pieces out. Yes. I. I'm sure he'll be back for Avengers 2, but I wouldn't be surprised if he lays low for a while. Mm -hmm. I don't think we'll be seeing as much of him as we usually do. Yeah. We, this you, was his big moment. This was his big thing. This was the denouement for the Nick Fury storyline. Kobe Smulders leaves S.H.I.E.L.D., goes, gets a job with Tony Stark. So that's, that's cool to see. Um, we forgot to mention that uh, Emily Van Kemp from revenge is also in this film <laughs> and brothers and sisters yes yep she is in the film i didn't know she would be and i'm like that's fine she was also here she but anyway there. whatever yeah so a lot of roles are switched around um different people are in different places and captain america well, that's is... a good thing i think yeah to have not everything be like, oh, we went through this whole adventure, now everything's back to normal, it's like nothing ever happened. It's good to mess up the status quo a little bit. It's good to have consistency and, and like, consequences mm -hmm. this going film from movie has, to movie. This film has consequences. Right. Real things that you feel at the end of this film. I don't think that's something that Thor 2 had. No, definitely not. No, this one, you, you get a sense that when we come back to these characters, things are going to be a little bit different. Right. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. They're um, doing it right. They're doing it good. Uh, one last thing that I want to cover is obviously at the end of every Marvel movie, you have to have a post-credit sequence, and the post-credit sequence... Two. Or two. The, the, I, I don't think the second one counts. It's like 30 seconds long, and it's not showing us anything we don't already know. But I think the important one here is the one after the main credits which introduces us to three characters. The first character being Baron Strucker, 
the new leader of Hydra, after Hugo Weaving's Red Skull exploded Oops. at the end of Avengers, of the end of the first Avenger. And the new arrivals for Avengers Age of Ultron, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Is that who they were? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Quicksilver. I just thought they were two weirdos. <laughs> the two weirdos. <laughs> Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Cool. Played by Anthony Taylor Johnson and Elizabeth Olsen. Gotcha. So I didn't remember what either of them looked like, mm-hmm. so that's why I didn't see them as anything other than... A couple of weirdos in a box. Yeah. Well, they're here. Well, that's cool then. Yep. <laughs> and obviously there's been that big contention in terms of, uh, what are we going to call... Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch in the Avengers movies because you can't say the word mutants because the word mutants is copyrighted with Fox. So they say, the age of heroes, and this is the age of miracles. So I guess that's the corny that's word. That's a really nice word that's a, for that's, mutants. That's such a nice, yeah, that's such a like positive spin yeah. on the mutant community to just call like them. alien mutants. It's just like, no, they're miracles. These are the miracles. These are the shining little snowflakes yes (laughs) they both look very messy and angry yeah i like Um, that but i'm excited to see them i i i I was intrigued by them yes even though i didn't know who they were but see that's good you didn't know who they were but you're still like who are these who are these weirdos in a box that's why we have two very different (laughs) mindsets yeah in terms of these things Mm -hmm. i think their design well i mean their design was like stupid like rags and shit because this is their weird introduction but i think the way that they looked looked very good. I mm-hmm. think Elizabeth Olsen's a great actress, the right choice for Scarlet uh, Witch. Aaron Taylor Johnson was good and kick ass. I guess he'll be good here too. We'll see how it turns out. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any closing thoughts here about Captain America colon the Winter Soldier? <laughs> well, I will say that it lived up to the hype. Mm-hmm. Believe the hype. Yeah, and that Sometimes I do like an action movie. This was one that you enjoyed. Yes. Do you think that my comparison to The Dark Knight stands? I think it does. I think it is definitely... Uh, I don't know if I would go so far as to call it the, the Dark Knight to the first Avengers Batman Begins, but it is definitely... Why not? Well, okay, yeah. It is The Dark Knight. <laughs> okay, it's The Dark Knight to the first Avengers Batman Begins. It is a huge step up with an actually threatening yeah. villain yeah. and some real character some development. Stakes, you know? Stakes and great character development for everybody involved. That's another thing. The just it, It's a good ensemble mm-hmm. type of movie. Yeah. And you wouldn't normally expect that from just like, oh, it's Captain America. But this, there's, this is a lot of people's stories. But th- yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It's, and it juggles them very well. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I admire about Marvel movies is their ability to actually make multiple characters interesting and devote a good amount of time to them mm-hmm. and everything. Hats off to the cast, hats off to the directors, hats off to the writers, and hats off to Marvel for another success. And hats off to Kobe Smulders. Again, I say. Let's keep bringing her back. All right. Are we good to wrap? Mm-hmm. All right. You can find me on Twitter, at Cbaskronback, where I tweet. Every Do once, you tweet? Every once in a while, I send out mm. a tweet. Maybe, a, maybe five, six times a week. 
Solid. Solid five, six times. And on Letterboxd, uh, at... Uh, what do you do there? I write about the things that I've seen. Yeah. That's it. Cool. Well, I'm on Twitter, again, as always. Kevin underscore Jacobson. That's uh, fine. I tweet mostly my articles. <laughs> so that's... Which you can find. Give me a view. On... Uh, on instars.com. You know what I just discovered... They, well, they spell it, you know, E-N-S-T-A-R-Z, stars like the network, but then I typed it in, and I typed in E-N-S-T-A-R-S dot uh-huh. com, and it goes to the same site. Oh, they bought it. They got they that did. name. I'm really happy about that. All right. So that's cool. So either way, N stars or N stars, you can find many of my articles there. Mm-hmm. And also I have blog, filmius.blogspot.com. Where I write about movies and not much TV anymore, unfortunately, but what? you live and you learn. You live and you learn. And also, I'm on Letterboxd, where I copy and paste my reviews into. If you, if you like that layout better than my blog. Oh, yay. <sighs> this has been... Stop burping. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This has been Catching Up with Kevin and Seabass. Episode 8 of 10 Million. No. No? Nope. What episode is it? I'm not I'm saying with 10 million. Oh, okay. Well, we're just going to keep on doing these. Yeah. So who knows what will happen. Bye. Bye, everybody. Have a nice week. <laughs>